A lot of people feel like their business is them. And I just would like to invite everybody to think that it's a separate thing. Yeah. There's a fear, like when we rest, I know I've had it, when we take time off from our businesses, that they're going to die or something's going to happen to them, right? Hi, everyone, and welcome to Superwoman Wellness. I'm Dr. Taz. I've made it my mission throughout my career in integrative medicine to support women in restoring their health using a blend of Eastern medical wisdom with modern science. In this show, I will guide you through different practices to find your power type and fully embody the healthiest and most passionate version of you. I'm here for you and I can't wait to get started. This is a Soul Fire production. All right, the biz bruja. Who knew that your intuition, your ancestral wounds, might be impacting how you're performing and how you're motivated in the business world and throughout your life. This was a fascinating conversation with Vanessa. I can't wait for you guys to listen to it. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Superwoman Wellness, where, you know, I'm just trying to keep us all super powered. And in that light, I have a very fascinating guest. One, I think you're really going to love because this is really where we are all shifting to understanding that there's not one body, but there are multiple layers to our body. We have a physical body, an emotional body, an energetic body, a spiritual body, probably more than even I can grasp my own head around but it's important in healing to address them all. So joining me today, and I'm going to mess up this name, but it's Vanessa Cadornu, an acclaimed bilingual Latina well-being activist and teacher of clinical hypnosis, intuition for business and international healing practices with over 20 years of experience and more than 12,000 sessions. Her wellness experience, excuse me, her wellness expertise has been featured on Shape, iHeartRadio, Ola, Yahoo News, Travel Channel, Telemundo, Hip Latina. Oh my goodness. And she's the host of the Shift Network. Welcome to the show, Vanessa. Thrilled to have you here. Thank you, Dr. Tess. I'm so excited to be here and talk all things, you know, positivity, brujanas, healing, wellness. Let's let's get into it. So, you know, you talk a little bit about toxic positivity. What is toxic positivity? Can there be such a thing as toxic positivity? So break that down for us a little bit. Absolutely. Well, you know, anything when it's not in moderation, anything in, in excess cannot be good for us. Toxic positivity is the belief that no matter how dire, how difficult a situation is people should maintain this positive mindset, right? This is good vibes only approach to life. And like, while there are benefits to being an optimist, right? And engaging in positive thinking, positive, uh, toxic positivity rejects difficult emotions in favor of cheerful ones. And they're usually false and it's a facade, right? So it's really enforcing this positive outlook where we are denying our own emotions. We're denying other people, their vast human experience and emotions. And in essence, we're actually harming ourselves. Interesting. So what are what are a couple of signs that what we might be displaying toxic positivity? What have you seen people do? Well, I get to speak to my own immigrant experience. My parents are from South America. I grew up with 
you know, we can't afford to be depressed. We can't afford to be tired. We can't, we can't, uh, we don't have the time for that. So over time I had to heal like, yes, I can be sad. I can be depressed. I can rest. I, I have this right to my feelings. And so growing up in that, in that experience has definitely been an example of it, but we hear it all the time. People who are like, oh my God, you know, um, I had COVID and they're like, oh, it could have been so much worse. Yeah. How about meeting people where they're at and saying, oh my God, how was it for you? Instead of trying to shut them down in a way. And when we do this, when people do this, I don't think they're trying to harm us really. It's their own inability to deal with their own feelings and their own worry and their own anxiety that kinds of, kind of um, creates a projection and shuts us down in a way like, oh, okay, I don't want to deal with my own anxiety. So sh- be quiet with yours, right? Mm-hmm. So those type of examples were, oh, it could have been worse. Please, I don't want any negative energy in my space. You know, people do that all the time. Yeah, exactly. Or you're like, oh my God, I'm so disappointed about this. And somebody just says, you know, happiness is a choice. You can choose to feel happy. Yeah. Or even the new age, come on, who didn't grow up, you know, especially probably around our age, like with new ageisms, right? right we right. came into the 80s, the 90s. With all these books that kind of told us that we could think or affirm our way into good health. Now, right, even into like the perfect career, perfect mate, you can attract it. You just have to be positive. You know, so many people will will do that, but nothing happens. You know, there's that block. You know, what's what's happening there? Absolutely. And something that I wrote the other day was like, we're in love with the fruit, but we ignore the root, right? Like the fruit of the action. Like we want the outcome, this amazing career, this amazing love life, sex life, health, whatever it may be. But we don't want to go down into the roots of the earth, right? Our own earth, our own existence, um, our own psychology, our own subconscious, and really look at the multi-level reasonings or experiences or trauma that we may have had that are bringing up what we're experiencing. I could also share that, you know, in 2020 for me, I lost half my family. Mm. Um, I lost from, not from COVID reasons. My dad passed four months later, my mom, uh, four months. uh, Yeah. Terrible. Four months later, my youngest brother. So I have a sister and a brother left. Mm. Um, It was really intense. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, But I knew that it was going to happen before it happened being right. Also an intuitive in the medium Uh, that didn't mean that it minimized it. And while I was losing my family, I also wound up buying our first home, wind up rescheduling our wedding, wind up tripling my business and my school went off the charts, right? And so incredibly terrible things, incredibly positive things. But people said, well, how did you not get sick? And how did you manage this? I was like, because I cried every day. Mm-hmm. I was like, I felt my feelings. I did my rituals. I did my ceremonies. I let myself weep every day. But it, and then I didn't go into a depression understanding birth, death, rebirth, you know, that that's my beliefs, my belief, my mindset. Right. right. But I allowed myself to feel loss. I allowed myself to go into the depths of what it meant to, even if I could sense my family spiritually, that I'm not going to hug them again in this life. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's where toxic positivity, if I had covered that, I'm fine, you know, I'm a spiritual healer and this is what I do. And I would have covered it up. I don't know that I would be in this whole place that I am now. And I think that we, that in general, we've been guided to believe that wholeness means we're always happy. Right. You know, like the love and light, let's love and light it to death. 
the truth is that human experience, in order for us to feel the, the highest of the highs, the greatest of passions, the greatest of like expansion and joy, we're also going to feel loss. We're going to feel grief. We're going to feel disappointment, sadness, uh, confusion, lack of clarity, and like, what the F am I doing here on earth, right? Mm -hmm. So there's like this, this big range. Wow. So powerfully said. And I think that's so true because I think even in relationships and work experiences, we sort of do the surface business, right? Like, you know, it's about pleasure. It's about support. It's about, you know, companionship, but that root, right? Like really getting down and under and covering like your inner desires, your motivations, your disappointments, that's hard work. Right. And, and many of us have been taught or trained to cover that up. So how do we get to that root? How do we go down there and pull it all back out? Know that we are experiencing both the negative emotions and the positive emotions, because that's what ultimately pushes us forward, correct? Absolutely. And the thing is, like, we have been taught to hide because we've been taught that it's negative. You're Debbie Downer. You're going to depress people. Nobody wants to be with somebody who's having problems. Mm -hmm. And I will tell you that after the third person in my family passed, a lot of people were not reaching out to me. Mm. Now my students were reaching out to me. My colleagues online were reaching out to me. Some friends were actually terrified. They're in the same age group. And they're like, oh my God, what if that were to happen to me? And right. I forgave them. I got over it. Um, I just really st stayed in the space of, I will receive who is ready to receive me. Right. And I will not. And, and my mom always taught me like, you know, don't look for what you're not getting. Yeah. Look at what you are receiving and what is present for you. Yeah. So one of the ways that I think we can, uh, there's so many different ways, right? Uh, one of the ways, obviously therapy, like get yourself some help, especially so many of us, we are the ones that hold our families together, right? Super women. Yeah. We're, we're doing it. We're like everything for everyone. And then we need someone to be there for us during these times. So get yourself, get thee to therapy, get thee to a healer, get into breath work. And if, you know, that's not available at this time, get out a journal, sit down, pour out your heart, yeah. let it all out. Um, come back to those basics that in the past, maybe you've dabbled in, or maybe you've gone to before, you know, nature for me, especially being a bruja is like a very big thing uh, going out into nature, feeling the energy of a warm fire, uh, writing out my pain and my sadness and throwing it into the flames. Um, these can see, can seem, you know, maybe funny when we're not going through it, but when we're in that moment, it's yeah. a symbolic act that's carrying energy and allowing us to release. The important thing is to move the energy through our body. So even dancing, joining an ecstatic dance group, uh, going to church, going to temple, if that's your thing, um, chanting, there's so many choices, tuning, sound healing. The move, the I love that, though, but move the emotion out of the body, because when you flip to to the doctor brain, like we know that this emotional body, when it's injured, does affect the physical body, right? If it stays there, if it lives there. So you do want to do the work of processing those emotions and moving them through. Do you think the high rates of anxiety and depression that we're currently seeing are because we are afraid to process the hard stuff? Yeah, I think that's part of it. And I think that I mean, we, this is a whole other conversation, but different, different you know, we've been so lied to, listen, we've been yeah. so lied to 
and media and government and politics and religion, we're literally seeing like the crumbling, all of that. Right. And, and, you know, and wherever you stand on that, that we're all questioning, like, what is real? Who am I in all this? Who do I want to be? And a lot of my clients over the last 20 years have always said, like, I've done everything right. I've got the degrees. I married the right person. I have the whatever children. I've done this. I'm a good person. I'm part of the community and I'm not happy. Yeah. And and that's where I think toxic positivity could have come in. Well, I'm just going to do play this role or I'm going to do what I've been told will save me. Right. Yeah. Or the one plus one that means I will thrive in society. Mm-hmm. And I don't blame us because we are taught to survive. We need to figure out the game consciously or unconsciously and figure out how do we survive in this world? Right. And it can be unconscious. It could be like, oh, you get good grades. So then you get a good job and then you do this and then you're respected and then you have abundance and then you can meet a better mate. I mean, there's all these, you know, benchmarks. Yeah. Right. And then it's like, maybe we've lied to ourselves throughout the way. And I find that a lot of people, especially nearing midlife, but now with the pandemic, a lot of people are going through this younger. Like I'm seeing 20 and 30 year olds like, oh my God, I don't want to get on this track. I don't want to even do the track. They're dropping out of school. They're dropping out of corporate jobs. Um, I think we're questioning the nature of our reality, redefining what success is, redefining what wellness is. And we're also, we had the time to unpack ancestral trauma, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And we know that now science has also picked up on that, that it affects the DNA in terms of anxiety, in terms of other experiences. You know, there are several people who've called me for hypnosis and they're like, Vanessa, I don't know why, but between two and three in the morning, almost every other day I get up and I have to check on my children. Now, this woman was Jewish. And I said to her, pardon me, if I ask, you know, did you have any people, did you lose any family during the Holocaust? They're like, absolutely. Did they break in in the night? Did they, and they're like, they started weeping, you know? And I'm like, it can be an energetic pattern, uh, whether it's unconscious, conscious of, let me check in that they're okay. And then how do we unpack that? And then we come from so many different cultures around the world and religious and practices and paths that taking the time to unpack that is really important and not just the pain, right? Cause we talk a lot about ancestral trauma, but there's ancestral gifts too. Yeah, absolutely. So how do we get to understanding ancestral trauma, like uncovering that? Is there a methodology to that? Is it hypnosis? Is that the best way to go about it? Or what's the best way to, to understand that? I love that question. And I think that there's so many, you know, we could start real basic, pull out your journal, right? Because I love hypnosis. I've been doing hypnosis over 20 years. I also love ceremony and I love ritual. Mm-hmm. Um, but just pull out that journal and focus in on something that's been, um, let's see, it's uh, sometimes business owners, they call me and they're like, I'm afraid, I'm afraid to charge more. Uh, you know, when you have this gift, I think that spirit gives me the gift of the universe or it's a God-given gift, I'm afraid to charge. And start unpacking who said it first. How did it get passed down? Was it linked to a religion? Was there someone in your family who was a curandera, right? A, a healer, a medicine woman, mm-hmm. or a healer in your tradition? Were they told not to charge by the church, or et cetera? That's just one example. Someone else who calls me and goes, oh, well, all the women in my family get left. I get a lot of that. We're all single. We all raise our children, because men are afraid of strong women. Right. That whole thing, right? And I'm that. like, well, some are, but not all, right? Right. Um, and then I start asking how many generations back? Like four or five sometimes. And it's going back here. What's going on there? So when I did that, I did one of one of those types of hypnosis. It's different for everyone. For one person, um, 
it turned out that their great, 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 great grandmother, I think it was like third or fourth, was really angry when their settlement was attacked or their tribe was attacked because the husband didn't kill the people who came in to attack them. And from then on, she's like, men are weak. We have to do it on our own. Mm-hmm. And she left them because they took her kids, right? But he was trying to be kind and trying not to create violence. Um, so it was also forgiving the self-judgment, the pain, the loss, also seeing it from the eyes okay. of maybe the men in the family. Uh, sometimes people leave because of systemic racism, uh, systemic poverty. There's so many different reasons, right? And so when we can unpack that and start to understand that it's not personal, that it's something that's been passed on and we've just adopted it, right? And adapted this behavior without really knowing why, just because we've been told, well, the women in our family, if you're a strong woman, you're not going to have that. And then everybody just, it's like on their t-shirt, right? Strong women do not have partners. Right. Um, And then they shift and then they write me, they're like, I'm engaged. I'm married. This person's amazing. I can be my full, powerful self. Um, so there, there is hope there's change, but you know, you could start the most simplest way, just the most simple is get that journal out, take some time or sit around some family members Yeah. And without judgment or criticism or attack. Like, well, it's your fault. You know, none of that yeah. you want to just say, so, you know, what was your experience? Like, like I can share real quick, um, in my family, most of the women were not really, they didn't get to really express themselves creatively or just right. too much. Um, my grandmother in Argentina, born in Spain, moved to Argentina. She was a talented performer and at 18, 19 was invited to the largest like uh, theater in town, Teatro Colón. And my grandfather's like, we're getting married. You know, you can't really do that. It's for ladies of the night. Like you can't really do right. that. Right. And years later, I was like 19 at the time. So it was years ago. He was alive. I was like, grandpa, what do you, what, what advice do you give me um, when I seek out my partner? And what do you regret? And he told me, and this is, you know, 30 years ago, right? He said to me, Vanessa, your grandmother's, your abuela's never been the same. Um, Since I told her not to go to the theater and do the work, she went into this, like, she closed off. Mm. She she was never quite the same. And I regretted it. It was the 30s, he said. And I just wish I could go back in time and be like, who cares? Just do it, right? Because I just loved her. But it was this pressure from society of what people will say, right? What will people say? What will people think? And he said, and so for you, I see how creative you are and you do things your own way. You need someone who's going to support you in that. Yeah. And that stayed with me, you know? Yeah. And so now I do improv as a hobby. It's recent. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. It's so good, right? Because look, my work is very serious. And I've gotten on that stage many a time and just thought of my grandma and think about it. Like late forties, like yeah. almost 50, like who, who of our great grandmothers was probably running on a stage at that time? Like, yeah. On the yeah. weekend, but, and real low key, like it's not a big deal with like tickets and high price ticket sales or anything. You're just getting up, joking around with people, then coming off the stage and having, yeah. a and so I feel like I honor them that way. And so there's such little things, like little things we can do yeah, that just build up and create great energy. And I love that. Well, you refer to yourself as the biz bruja. Can you explain that to us? What's a bruja? What's a biz bruja? Break oh, it for us. <laughs> thank you so much. I love that question. So Bruja is a Spanish word for witch. And, you know, when we were colonized throughout the world and when patriarchy, you know, took a whole other level through colonization, oppression, and also religion being placed upon all of us in different ways. um, Latin America, I mean, Europe as well and other spaces, but Latin America really took a hit where medicine women Mm -hmm. who were just practicing plant medicine, 
um, natural healing techniques connected to the earth were suddenly called witches. Yeah. If you were brewing, you know, basil tea for your throat or, uh, or brewing some peppermint tea for your stomach. I mean, to this day, we sell red peppermint oil for indigestion, I yeah. think, or, or, yeah. or digestive issues. And so it was just this old folks wisdom that actually had some validity. And so I decided to reclaim Brujan uh, like in 2019 because I was the urban priestess for like 17 years in New York City. Mm. And my mom always called me mi brujita, my witch, my little witch. And that's just a thing. Like we know we're brujitas. And what that means to me is that you're a woman who has embraced her own definition of spirituality, that you connect to the elements of nature, that you believe in community, that you believe in um, collaboration over competition right because brujas to me were and you and you can't say bruja without saying social justice we could talk about that in a moment yeah. you know we were like oh anna doesn't have any you know corn hey maria do you have this Ijuanita right. will bring that and just this collaboration of you know that saying that says it takes a village to raise children well that's kind of the way it is in our countries, right? right. I, mean, I don't know about and yours, but like back in my country, like you'd always see mothers and women yeah. and there's a lot of children around and everybody are, is checking them out. And so Bruja for me was a big reclamation of my South American um, ancestry, my roots, my indigenous roots as well. And just what I grew up with, you know, I grew up getting cleansings every month. It's called Olympia with an egg. And Brujeria and Bruja is very much linked to mixing indigenous wisdom with Catholicism. Mm. So what happened is we hid it under Catholic, the Catholic guys. So even though we're saying in our father and a Hail Mary and we got the Christ, the Christ, uh, you know, crucifix there, we're still calling on the ancient animal spirits, et cetera. And that's a spiritismo where you're working with spirits. You have curanderismo working with nature and medicine of the earth, plant medicine, you have Santeria, which is working with the saints, and it's more Afrocentric. Yep. Um, and there's many more. And so for me, I grew up with an altar. In fact, across from where we're speaking is the photos and um, many different artifacts that represent like the lineages of my family. I've had that like since I'm 21, since I moved wow. out. And I grew up, you know, lighting a candle, telling stories about my family. And so I reclaimed it because it was time. And a business bruja yep. is somebody who helps people. Um, heal their ancestral curses, challenges, patterns to tap into their intuition, their ancestral power, so they could thrive in their business. Mm. I really believe that, I mean, not everybody's meant to have a business, right? Not everybody wants to. I particularly didn't want to, by the way. I just, I was just a healer, okay? Yeah. In my own way. And I, I was like, into mm-hmm. it as well. I was like, uh, what just happened? <laughs> yeah. Right? You're just All like, right. what is happening? Um, <laughs> and next thing you know, but yeah. having a business is also a deep invitation and initiation into our own spiritual path, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You face your strengths and your weaknesses, right? Like your yeah. vulnerabilities and your, you know, things that, things that can shine and, and the wounds of your childhood and the wound, I don't know about ancestral wounds, having gone that far, but the wounds of your childhood replay themselves in the business setting. It's very interesting, you know, so. Absolutely. So it's been such a huge teacher. And so that's what a business bruja is, the biz bruja. And, uh, you know, my, my guides were like saying it in 2019. I'm like, I don't know. Um, but I went with it and, um, it's been really incredible to witness. Wow. And I wanted to add something else, even though I've been doing, you know, I grew up in this work. 
I recently discovered, I didn't know where my indigenous uh, part of my family was from. I figured they were from Argentina, but through uh, 23andMe, I found out they were actually from Peru. Mm. And I was born there, but when people asked, I was like, well, my parents are from Argentina. I was kind of born there. You know, I never claimed it, um, but then I found out they're actually from there. So I just completed a whole year of training with the Inca Medicine School and Maestro Apaza. So that's like been really, um, really wonderful. And people were like, why are you doing that? You already sat in Sweat Lodge 18 years with Beverly Little Thunder and you did this. Yeah. And I'm like, it's, it's a South American connection that was still, that I still needed, obviously. Yeah. Well, Peru is the home of, of natural medicine, shamanism, right? There's a lot yeah. of that in Peru as well and spirit yeah. and all that other stuff. So that's fascinating. Mm-hmm. How are you able to help? clients like how are you working with clients are you have the business intuition you've got hypnosis you've got like all these different tools how how do you bring those together for a client well thank you for that question so the school of the healing artes which supports next gen of BIPOC and Latinx healers has all the trainings right all the certifications and then the way that I work with clients is someone shows up, they're like, you know, I've done the therapy, I've done the coaching, I'm still blocked, I'm doing the green juice, I'm doing yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just don't know what's going on. And I will probably start with uh, an Akashic record reading, right? So we open the records, listen to their guides, and, you know, information comes out that's so very specific to their lineage, to their life, to their story. And from there, if they decide to do coaching, we work together for about four months and we move organically what they're needing so Mm. we're going to flow through the psychic reading then we're going to do ancestral hypnosis healing we're going to actually look at their business i'm also an astrologer so we look at the astrology of their natal chart right so it's a combination of all the gifts right that i've been developing over time and then good old-fashioned coaching and practical steps yeah because you know i'm not into metaphysical like I don't know. I don't like the metaphysical blah, blah, like, right. Like it has to serve us now. Right. Exactly. It has to be really rooted and grounded in present moment. I don't think spirit really wants us to sit around and just like shoot the, shoot the shit. You know, it's like, let's put roots to this. Let's grow. Let's blossom. Let's thrive on earth. And then let's keep creating more great waves and more great healing for this planet. So that's part of the way that I work. So it's a whole journey. Uh, It's different for everyone. But I can say that the people who've gone through it tend to come in and they're like, my business, right? It's all about my business. And then they're like, oh, my God, my grandmother, my love, my sexuality, my soul. I've been lying to myself. And then they go through this big change where I'm like, let's put the business for aside for a minute. Yeah. He's there. He's there. It's there. Let's focus on you. And when we focus on that, then we return. And I think that a lot of people feel like their business is them. And I just would like to invite everybody to think that it's also, it's a separate thing. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a fear, like when we rest, I know I've had it, when we take time off from our businesses, that they're going to die or something's going to happen to them, right? Like, trust me, I took three weeks off this year and I was like, (laughs) keep your hands off the keyboard, Vanessa, step away from the Zoom, you know? Um, And it actually created more good juju more good vibes, more interest, like, hmm, what's she up to yeah. happening? And some things kept flowing, right? But they were downloadables, but the others, like, we also need that rest. And so I encourage us not to like over, like, oh, it's my child. It's my being. And right. even our children are not our children, right? Right. right. So, 
Fascinating. I love this. Well, you mentioned five steps and maybe we can leave with some practical advice here. Five steps to finding your independence from your family's beliefs, money, sex, marriage, having children and more. Give us those five steps. Ooh, those five steps. So first sit down, take a breath, allow yourself to connect to your own self and really feel into what are your actual real beliefs? Like what, what do you really believe aside from your family and what is really true for you? Two, and invite yourself not to take things personally. Like they're going to repeat what they've been told. They thought they were doing the best they could. It's really not as personal as it feels. It does feel personal, right? But just allow yourself to be like, well, it's not personal, though it feels like this. Three, that we're allowed to disagree. We can love people and not have to agree with them. We also don't have to go into battle with them. We also don't have to convince anyone of anything. We don't have to convince people of our beliefs. We think that we'll feel better if someone agrees with us. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know because I don't spend a lot of energy trying to get people to agree with me. I just kind of flow. And then people are like, hey, I really like what you're doing. Can you share it with me? Um, so I don't know where we are now. I think we're on three. I think you're on four. I'm okay, four. And get around some good support. You know, I'll talk about therapy again. Get a healer. Get um, a book club. Get a group where people are like-minded on a similar journey where you won't feel like the odd person out who has a different belief system or a different way of looking at things. And again, don't waste your time like hot air with people who just don't, they're just not going to see it. Right. And fifth, I would say ground yourself into something practical that brings you joy. It could be dancing. It could be weaving. It could be singing, chanting, riding your bike, whatever it is, you know, healing doesn't happen from like the neck up, right? It's yeah. not only a mental thing or just in the heart where it's all emotional. It's a fully embodied process where getting back to what we said earlier, we're going to move it through. So yeah. make sure that you're coming back into your body. Uh, do that yoga, do that running, that walking, that swimming, the dancing, whatever it may be that allows you to feel good within yourself. And, um, and I hope that that serves. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that. All right. Last question. And then I promise I'll let you go. What's your superpower. Ooh, my superpower. Hmm. I feel like there's so many, but let me go into one of them. Um, I think that I have the power to be firmly rooted into, in, in the gifts of where I come from and then have enough clarity and openness to hold space for others. Ooh, to, to, to find themselves. That's an amazing superpower. I thank love you. that. Well, thank you so much for taking time out today to join me. You know that I'm so interested in the work that you're doing and probably will connect with you on that. If anyone wants to reach out and connect with you, what's the best way for them to do that? The best way is to go to thebizbruja.com and that's B-R-U-J-A. Also Instagram, thebizbruja. And um, there's a summit coming up, so I'll have all the information up soon. Okay, awesome. Well, thank you. And thanks everyone else for watching and listening to this episode of Superwoman Wellness. Remember, you can rate and review it and share it with your friends. We'll see you guys next time. Bye.